The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Is your business simply surviving or are you thriving with Workforce Staffing's leading agile staffing solutions? Colin Cullis, smartphone operators monitoring your phone's contents. I don't believe for a moment they care, but the fact that they can will freak some people out. They will, Bruce. And I suppose this this particularly relates to Apple products. Um, and I'm mindful that sometimes it feels like I'm picking on Apple, for want of a, a better word, which is which is not the case. They are the leaders from so much of the stuff. Um, and so when they do something, they're either setting a trend and changing things, or, or they're the first to do it, or it's because it actually is a deviation from what they've they've said in the past. So here we are having a look at something that uh, Apple announced uh, a little earlier this month that will only be implemented uh, later on this year, maybe only uh, early next year, and only in the U.S. But it's a, it's an opportunity for us to chat about this. Can I just confirm that you can hear me okay, Bruce? Absolutely perfectly. Okay, good. Um, so the, the situation was that uh, Apple wanted to do something to deal with uh, privacy and protection, particularly as it results to what is known as child sexual abuse material. Uh, the abbreviation for that is CSAM, if that's the way it's said. Uh, and for not having to state the entire thing, I, I might just refer to it as CSAM. But it's child porn. Um, and one of the efforts to try and do this, as many of the other uh, big tech companies uh, have had to do over the last while, is uh, check to see if somebody uploads that content onto their servers. And uh, another point, perhaps, to to start with is to, this, this notion of ownership. So, uh, if if Apple or Google or Facebook or anybody else wants to check what's on their servers, uh, most of us understand that that's that's what they're entitled to do. It's their servers. Uh, but we might have a different feeling when you say, are they allowed to check things that are on our phones? Um, and and this is the first bit that that is a little uh, difficult to define because whose phone actually is it? When in the case of Apple, certainly uh, they will determine what you may put on the phone by limiting what's allowed in the app stores. Uh, they do have very strict um, conditions for who may service and fix and repair your phone. Um, and now by adding this on, so they will do the scanning on your phone. Um, effectively, you know, they have as much control over the phone as you do. Uh, and for many, they would argue, well, if they have as much control as you, how can you describe it as being your phone? It's at least a shared phone, or perhaps it's better maybe just to describe these things as their phones as well. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think it's fair for us simply to say, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, borrowing, renting, leasing these devices from technology companies. Uh, we already use the misguided notion that every so many years we go for an upgrade because it's part of our contracts as opposed to, no, you're simply buying a new phone and paying for it over an extended period of time. There is no requirement for you to buy a new phone. Um, but if we did move into that sort of thinking, well, then maybe this isn't uh, so difficult for us to understand. However, because Apple has been so uh, focused on making privacy a core part of the, the ecosystem, when they did announce that they would be scanning your phone for these sorts of images, a lot of people responded to say that is a major departure uh, from what they'd said in the past and believed that if they allowed it, uh, it would allow for other erosions, other opportunities for Apple or governments or some other organizations to want to get access to it. And it's fair to say there's been enough discussion for people to at least be aware that when you do things on your phones, things, you know, data is collected, behavior is collected and stored. And sometimes that information is shared 
certainly with a manufacturer, phone operators, uh, platforms that you're using. And we're not always 100% exactly what they're going to do with that information or how it might be used, and then it comes back to us. Uh, and and, and in, in, in so far as that we now are aware of it, there are a lot of people saying, well, then hang on, I'm not so keen on it. And again, uh, to Apple's credit, in their last iOS update, they introduced the ability that anytime you connected to an app or anytime an app wanted to get access to be able to track something you were doing, you had the ability to give it permission, first of all, and opt out if you didn't want to, effectively not allowing you to do it. Uh, and there is quite a, uh, a battle brewing between Facebook uh, and, and Apple and invariably quite a few other platforms like that that aren't happy that it will limit what it is they get to see. In a very small way uh, for you, you and I, um, when we have this podcast and your podcast downloaded and available somewhere else, we can usually tell how many people listen to it because when somebody requests it, uh, it'll inform them to say an IP address of a specific number uh, requested that podcast. For Apple users in the future, they're most likely going to say, we're not going to let you see that, in which case we will won't, won't know who effectively downloaded it and so wouldn't be able to see for ourselves how popular it was or to let anybody else know, um, well, this is one of the most popular podcasts in South Africa. Uh, but those are sort of minor issues when it comes to something as serious as trying to prevent uh, child sexual abuse. And so let me try and simplify what the process is for what they're looking to do and then you know, why there is some criticism about it. Because I, I get the criticism, but I also completely get the justification for wanting to do this. I think Apple has been quite innovative. I think quite clever. I mean, it's, it's not a problem that has a correct answer. It has the least bad answer to address <laughs> a very, yeah. very terrible situation. <laughs> it's one of those. So, so the first part is um, that they have got civil and, and state authorities, certainly in the US, to track down and find images that are child pornography. And of course, in the past, that required the police and the authorities dealing with this to, to literally have that content with them and potentially replicate that content to ensure if they came across it, it's part of a, a known batch of child pornography to have to deal with, even though, quite honestly, if somebody said, look, you shouldn't have an image like this, whether it's part of a, a, a bigger uh, supply of these images or not, you wouldn't really care. You could, you could go ahead with the prosecutions. Uh, but in order to tell if it crosses the threshold, you do need an image from which to work. And the idea of any company downloading child pornography onto your phone so that your phone can check in case you happen to have a copy of it would be a big worry for most people. And thankfully, that's not what they're doing. So that, that is the first big plus. In fact, maybe a, a quick aside in, in how you know the machine algorithms determine what anything is anyway and the amazing abilities and, and progress we've had with it while still having huge challenges for being able to separate things out that to a human would be very simple. So uh, if you upload a photo to Facebook or, or any social media, typically that image will be scanned and, and checked against a couple of things using um, machine learning algorithms that have been able to take, this is a cat, this is a dog. And increasingly, uh, a lot of them are being able to take, these are people. And then uh, next step is to be able to say, how how naked are these people? And if it detects that they're entirely naked, well, then it'll trigger a response to say, well, then if that is against the rules, it, it may not display. Uh, and that for a human is pretty simple for us to determine. So you might think, well, then why is it so difficult for a machine? Well, imagine if you have a machine that doesn't know what a male or a female is and certainly can't tell the difference between what elements of nudity are acceptable or unacceptable, depending on the country you're in, the culture you're in, you know, these sorts of things. Uh, and in particular, uh, platforms typically would say, well, 
a male that's topless is acceptable. A female that's topless is, in, is not. And so there's very little, actually, that distinguishes those two things that would make a machine be able to easily identify and say, got it, this is, this is the difference between the two. Uh, and Facebook has, has run into trouble with this because uh, it does try and simply say, we found a way to try and identify uh, a topless female, and so we won't allow it. Uh, but then they had to accept that their uh, unwillingness to allow a, a mother that was perhaps breastfeeding or any images related to that somehow fall into the same category as somebody that's trying to salaciously uh, send a picture of a, of a topless woman, for example. Uh, they are getting better. Uh, they're nowhere near good enough. Um, but when you look at the, the sheer volume of content that's being shared and the, and the volume they have to process, when they first check with the machines, then the machines will either determine there was an issue and then send it to an actual person to have to say yes or no, uh, or it incorrectly says there was a problem and, and blocks it and somebody has to appeal that. Well, the numbers are high, but the percentages are low because there's so much content. And thankfully, it's getting a little better. But for this, it's a, it's, it's a different story again. So you start with that material that is identified and, and categorically stated to say this is uh, the material that they are looking for. Then a machine uses it to create a, a very specific, a specific identifier. Think of it the same way I can have a whole bunch of letters, but when I arrange the letters into a certain order, I can form words. We can do something similar sort of mathematically with pictures. And so even if I alter the picture a little bit, I want to crop it, or maybe make it slightly less clear or change the colors of it, the inherent thing that makes the picture a picture, the one that certainly if you and I had to see the picture, we'd say, yep, those two pictures are the same. The machines are capable of doing it. And it's that identifier, just that identifier, that is downloaded onto the phone and kept on the phone in a very secure, encrypted way uh, that is available for it to access when it needs to uh, check this. Now, the next thing is it's not checking everything. Apple doesn't want to check everything. The less they know, the more they can say, well, we are actually looking to protect your privacy. In fact, here's a, a quick take from, from Apple themselves, Tim Cook, uh, speaking a little earlier this year about their uh, you know, how, how highly they rate the, the privacy for Apple users. And they mention this on phone uh, processing. At Apple, spurred on by the leadership of many of you in the privacy community, these have been two years of unceasing action. We have worked to not only deepen our own core privacy principles, but to create ripples of positive change across the industry as a whole. We've spoken out time and again for strong encryption without backdoors, recognizing that security is the foundation of privacy. We've set new industry standards for data minimization, user control, and on-device processing for everything from location data to your contacts and photos. So, so that's where they position themselves, and I think most people applaud that. Um, but the challenge, and as you said, that there are no back doors, effectively by allowing the phone to have the ability to scan for this thing is, in effect, a back door. It's a, it's a justified, very legitimate back door and a good way to do it. But depending on the government you may be selling those phones to uh, or, you know, any, anybody might want to say, you know, that is very important. We, we, we need to uh, get rid of child sexual abuse. But, you know, we also need to tackle terrorism and then maybe counterfeiting and then maybe something else. And so the worry is if you if you open the door a little bit, well, then people can effectively look to get in. I don't think I'm in a position to be able to tell you if it's good, bad or indifferent. Suffice to say that we should welcome the efforts to try and reduce this uh, as in child sexual abuse uh, and the, the abuse that happens online, because it is way more easy to share these things digitally than it's ever been when it was, you know, sort of people had to take pictures and literally print them out. 
But by the same token, there are real challenges about privacy and security that comes if we don't think about it enough. And so the reason for raising it is to make people aware of it and, and to say that the arguments and the debates for both sides are certainly worth listening to. And that hopefully over time, because of how robust the debates are and that the experts are being challenged to check this out, it should improve over time. And as a final point, and there is more online to explain how the, the nudity and the messages are being checked, uh, I asked the head of this show, who should be allowed to scan your phone? The options were no one, your partner, parents, or the state. And <laughs> certainly 702 NK talk listeners are emphatic, with 63% saying no one. So the challenge then is how device manufacturers are going to be able to get this enabled while still meeting what people would want. I don't know if people would say I won't buy a phone, an iPhone as a result of this. Perhaps some might say this is the reason to buy an iPhone. The debate is not settled. Hopefully everybody's a little more aware of what's at stake, though. Thank you, Colin Cullis, with Business Unusual.